as we begin. We're going to start at John this morning, chapter 10. And before we begin, let's just go before the Lord in a word of prayer. Lord God, we thank you this morning for this opportunity to be gathered in this space. Lord, and as we come to your word today, we pray that you would open our hearts to hear what you would have to say to us. Lord, we know that, God, you're desiring to ever speak, and we want to be drawn deeper in love with you. And so I pray right now that, Lord, as we come, that you would open our ears to what you would have us here, and God, that those seeds would be planted and grow that I would be out of the way. Jesus, you would be seen, and what is said and done would bring you glory and honor, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last week, we began our series on I Am, and if you were here, uh, you remember, if not, uh, just a quick update on it. Um, In the way of I Am, we talked about that Jesus was approached by the religious leaders, and they wanted to know who Jesus was and why he had the authority to be saying what he was saying. And so Jesus um, approaches them, and he explains some things, and then he says, because I am. They want to know who he is, and he says, because I am. And that statement had really big implications, if you remember back into the Old Testament, because Moses was wandering through the wilderness, and he comes upon the burning bush, and you remember when he sees the burning bush, it's not consumed, he goes over, looks at it, and out of it, he hears a voice. It's the voice of God. And God tells Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt and deliver the people of my people, the Jewish people that are in bondage. And so when he gets that particular word, Moses says, well, I need to be able to tell these people who it is that sent me. And so God says, tell them I am who I am. He doesn't give a specific name like Moses wants. He just says, I am who I am. Ultimately, he's saying, I am who I say I am. I'm self-defined. It's not who others say I am. It's not who people want me to be. This is who I am. And so he lays out a couple of things. We walked through these, and just let me quickly hit them, what we talked about last week. God reveals to Moses that he's actively present in our lives. He's a God that is knowable. He doesn't want to remain distant. He's a God that's all-powerful, that can do things beyond what we can imagine or think. He's a God that's unchanging. He doesn't change the rules on us. He's also a God who, all-knowing of what's going on in our lives and the situations, and this is a God who loves and cares about people. And so when Moses Um, Or when Jesus answers these persons and says, I am, what he's saying to these Jewish leaders is he says, ultimately, I am God who has now shown up in your presence physically. And that really is mind-blowing. They cannot receive that well. But that's what Jesus is laying out for them. He says, this is your burning bush moment. I have shown up to you to let you know I'm here for you. Now, this morning, we want to continue on with another I am statement, and there's actually two in today's message because they revolve around a shepherding image, and I want us to look at John chapter 10, verses 9 through 11, and then 14 through 16, and here's what it says. You can read more about it if you back up to John 1 and read further, but I just want to lay these verses out for us today. Jesus tells them, he says, I tell you the truth, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they have life 
will have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Now, just to set up the context, what's happening is Jesus is again having a conversation with the Pharisees or the religious leaders. And this time, it appears that they're up in the northern part of Israel. So if you know kind of the geography of the nation of Israel, here's kind of what it looks like, if you can visualize through my fingers. Up here, we have the Sea of Galilee. And then from the Sea of Galilee runs the Jordan River. And then the Jordan River runs down into the Dead Sea. And then the Dead Sea below that is Sinai and Egypt. Okay? Jesus is up here at the top of Galilee, probably delivering this particular dialogue. And as he's sharing, and as he looks out around him, there would have been a lot of hills and probably a lot of sheep. And a lot of sheep were wandering, and with those sheep would have been shepherds. And so Jesus is pulling from this analogy of what would have been very common, what people would have understood in their particular time. This would be like in western Kansas if you grew up on a farm and had cattle. I mean, that's kind of like, everybody just kind of understood the culture of that particular time and this particular people. So there's two images. The first one that Jesus gives is this. He says, I am the gate. Now, up here there is a slide. This is just an artist's rendering of a sheepfold. And a sheepfold in those days was not composed of bob wire or wood, but instead was of rock. And what they would have done is built an enclosure. It actually would have been high enough that robbers could not climb over it and steal the sheep. Or if they could, they couldn't get the sheep back out because it was just a lot of effort. Or also it was a protection against wild animals that may come and try to get in. And there was only one entrance, and the entrance then had a gate to it. And that way, the shepherd could, of course, control what went in and what came out. Now, Jesus lays out a couple of key things about this. He says, I am the gate, and he says, the only way into the sheep pen is through me. That in a sense, Jesus is laying out, the only way into the kingdom of God is through Christ. That God has come in Jesus to open up this kingdom to everybody. And the way we come into the kingdom, the way we come into relationship with God is by embracing Christ. And when we do, he invites us in to this pen, so to speak, this, his kingdom, which is represented by the sheep pen. And it's interesting that it wouldn't have been uncommon for the shepherd to also lay by the, the gate there to be kind of guarding it, and Jesus is that one. But he also goes in, the gate is not only the way in, but it's also aware to make sure that the sheep that are coming into the fold and coming out of the fold are your sheep. You know, um, you know, we might notch or we might brand, but you know, as they were in the ancient times, they would look at them and they would just know whether they were theirs. Now, I grew up on a farm and my grandfather raised Hereford cattle. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but basically they're white-faced and they have red fur. And if you look at Hereford cattle, most of them all look alike, Okay. But my grandfather would go out amongst the herd, and he had this knack that he had been around his cattle so much that when he saw them, he knew about each cow. He could tell you about them, even though I looked at him and go, you guys all look exactly alike. And yet, 
my grandfather could look at him and he could tell me the history over those cows and which one and what had been kind of their story. He knew them very individually. And in the same way, this fold, in a sense, when they came in, it allowed the shepherd to make sure that those who came in were there, that they, were, they had been marked, in a sense. The shepherd knew his own sheep. Now, one of the cool things is that this is highlighting for us, we find, is that Jesus, when we come into the fold, so to speak, it says he marks us. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, the apostle Paul wrote, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. That when we put our faith in Christ, he says, he, he gives us his Holy Spirit to dwell within us that we know that we are the children of God. And what a great gift when you know who you belong to. I mean, it's kind of terrible if you're wandering around not knowing, but he wants us to know that we really are his. Also, the gate was another thing that was interesting about it. It was a way that as the sheep came in and out, it allowed the shepherd to be able to check for any injury or sickness that the sheep may be going, experiencing. Because, you know, as you single them out, you've got a better look at them. And so the shepherd would really carefully watch. And so Jesus, that gate that he's watching he knows our every weakness. He knows our every strength. He knows everything that's going on. And he's paying attention to what's happening in us. Is there affliction? Is there illness? Is there struggle? What's going on? David in the Old Testament said, he said, search me, O Lord, and know me. See if there's any wicked way in me. And, and I think what we praying and saying, God, search me and, and show me if there's any illness, anything that, Lord, you want to touch, you want to heal, that he's just aware of it. And so the gate was a way that he was investigating and knowing what was going on in our lives. Finally, the gate had this significance. It was the way of protection. Now, if you've been around animals, you know that if you have them outside and maybe in the pasture land without any kind of fences, if storms started to come in, can you imagine what happened when lightning and thunder started to happen? All of a sudden, these sheep would have just scattered. Or if a wild animal shows up, they would have just ran. And then imagine trying to find them all and get them back together. But what would happen is the shepherd, whenever there was a storm approaching, they would gather them and put them in the sheep pen to protect them so that they wouldn't be harmed or scattered by the storm, so to speak, or that wild animals wouldn't come and, and carry them off or they wouldn't be stolen. So this imagery that Jesus is standing guard, he's, he's watching over us, he's protecting us, he has welcomed us. Now, the second image that Jesus then lays out for them is this, that I am then the good shepherd. Now, What's really laid out in the text we just read that's really important is it says that as the good shepherd, he said, my sheep follow me. Now, I was talking to Janice Cox um, during um, the last, after the last service, and she said in a video they'd been watching that she said sheep, what was interesting about them in this particular culture is that other people in other cultures would try to drive sheep. I don't know if you've ever tried to drive sheep. They don't do exactly what you want them to do most of the time. I just found they are really pretty stupid. I remember um, in Haiti that we had a sheep and I, um, that we were taking care of, and they had tied them to a tree so they wouldn't run off, okay? So they had a long rope. And that sheep, what I watched, is it would just wander around the tree. 
until its head was up against the tree, locked firm. Okay? And so I would get out there and try to unwrap it. Okay? Now, it did not like that I was trying to help it out, but I got it all unwrapped, put it there, and I'd come back out later in the day. Where do you think that sheep was? Right back, stuck against the tree. Right? I mean, that's why, you know, sometimes we kind of can be that way. We're kind of stubborn and going in the wrong direction. But the sheep, it says, they follow the shepherd's voice. And why does a sheep follow the shepherd? Will it just follow anybody? The answer, of course, is no. They follow those they trust. And God, Jesus wants us to be able to trust, to know that he's out for our good that he loves us and that that's why we follow him. We don't follow him because some preacher said you need to follow God and we're going to get in trouble if we don't or this is going to happen or there's going to be something in a judgment. No, we follow because we really believe that God really is looking out for our best and, and we've come to hear the voice of God and, and we know God loves us and is inviting us and looking out for our best and we want to follow him faithfully. That's why we follow him and he says, when we follow, he says, the shepherd knows his sheep, but also his sheep know him. You know, one of the things, I don't know about you all and where you are in your spiritual walk or how, it's trans- how it has moved along throughout your life experience. But I know, I grew up in church most, well, all my life, literally, from the time I was baptized, uh, even before, uh, to being in church. And, and I know that as I came to a point when I really said yes to Jesus... I remember that I went through a time in my teenage years where I really struggled. Am I really okay with God? I mean, am I really going to make it? You know, if I die, what's going to happen to me? Will I make it in? And I remember that terrified me. I was scared about that. But I remember there was a time that finally something clicked, and all of a sudden that I just knew that I knew that I knew that I was Jesus's. That I'd surrendered to him, that he had marked, and I knew it. And, and John Wesley, um, the founder of Methodism, talked about it. That, and the Gospels talk about it, too, in, in, well, in Romans. He talks about our spirit bears witness with, his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. God wants us to know that we know that we know that we are great with God. That we are okay. And that we, and we follow him because we trust him. And we've learned to recognize his voice and we know that he is speaking into our lives. So here's a couple things and Jesus would go on to enlighten to us about the shepherd. Just so that we know about sheep. As we, he is the, I am, he is the shepherd. He comes to lead his sheep into life by a couple of things. He comes to lead us into life first by nourishing us. You know, we know that a good shepherd is going to make sure there is adequate food and the shepherd's going ahead and the shepherd is looking for adequate food and water for the sheep. In the same way, God doesn't want us just to be standing still. I mean, imagine a sheep for a moment out in a pasture. And if you can imagine this, that they're sitting there and they're eating, right? Now, what happens if a sheep just keeps staying in the same place, eating the same thing? They're going to have enough food, right? I mean, that's just pretty no-brainer, right? They're going to be out. So what's a sheep have to do? It keeps moving forward. It keeps going forward. And the shepherd's always moving us forward to learn new things and to grow and to go deeper in our knowledge of God. He doesn't want it just to be a stagnant one time, okay, I'm in, I'm in the God's kingdom, I'm okay. He wants us to continue to move forward to feed our souls because he knows that's what gives us ultimate life. He also leads us, we find, into rest. 
You know, I don't know, does anybody here have any stress in your life? Anybody have some anxiety? Maybe depression, frustration? I mean, you're ticked off at somebody? I don't know what your deal is, right? But can I tell you, I have those things. And there are days when I get really stressed out, my life feels like a wound clock that's about ready to snap. And when those moments are happening, it is super hard to rest. When I'm laying in bed, I am having a hard time sleeping. My mind is racing. I don't know how to get out from under this that's got me so wound. And it says that Jesus comes as the good shepherd to give us rest. See, sheep can't rest when they're in friction or when they're in fear. That's just part of their nature. They're just anxious. And what I've found is when we get in those moments, that's when Jesus is inviting us to say, stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to make it all come together. Would you just stop? And would you just set your eyes on me as the good shepherd? Would you just stop and and lay it at my feet? Let me have it and let me embrace you and let me take care of you. Now, I don't know about you. I'm a control freak, so it's hard for me to do that at times. But I find that when I can actually relax and when I can actually lay that at the feet of Christ, that somehow he brings a peace. That though I don't know how it's going to work out, I don't know how to solve it, I don't know how to get out from under it, there's those moments that I know Jesus has got it. Now, i got to be honest with you. I wish I was a one and done. I wish I was one. I got it. I passed it off. I'm good. I'm going. I find for me, I have to keep coming back to the shepherd. And I have to keep saying, Lord, I need you to take this so that my heart can be at rest because it's really hard to love life and enjoy life when you're wound up like a clock and you're stressed out and so anxious. God doesn't want that for us. He is big enough to carry whatever we're going through. He also, this good shepherd, is a shepherd that leads us into life by restoring us. Um, I think it was a couple months ago mentioned this analogy but really for sheep as we know when they get really weighed down if they get too much wool and they get down on the ground um, and they get into kind of an indenture if they roll over (laughs) they can't get back up i don't know if you've any of you seen the uh the disney movie cars anybody seen it with grandkids yeah yeah one of my favorite scenes in that movie is when um two of the characters mater and uh the the little sports car what's the what's the main character's car Lightning, lightning, thank you. And uh, when Lightning and Maynard go out, go tractor tipping. I love that scene. It's just so fun. I, you know, we used to take people out to go cow tipping, which you're supposed to feel, I guess, turn them over or something. But anyway, they'd honk and the tractors go, and then they just fall over backwards. Uh, anyway, I have to watch it just to get it. Um, okay, my brain digressed. But just saying that sheep would get down into the ground, and when they did, if they were overweighted, they, would, they couldn't get back right and they would literally could die from exposure. And God, this shepherd comes to restore us when we get off-center, when we get weighted down by life, when we get weighted down by maybe wrong things, whatever it is, he wants to cut those things off that are weighing us down and get us set back right. And then that good shepherd is a protector. He says, I'm the good sheep. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. So a shepherd that's good is out going ahead, and they are exploring for weeds, and they're checking the water source to make sure there's not parasites in it, or it's going to be dangerous for the sheep. 
You know what I appreciate? God, by his Holy Spirit, is coming to us all the time and saying, don't go there. Don't do that. Don't be about that because that's not going to go well for you. I remember um, a number of years back, I was overseas and I had been gone for several months and um, I'd not watched TV for several months. I don't know if you've ever had that kind of fast or from any kind of internet access. You know, you just kind of a technology fast. It wasn't intended. It just, there wasn't, it wasn't available. And this was prior to internet uh, cell service and all of those things. So anyway, as I came back out of that environment after not watching, walked into a place and was watching television. And all of a sudden the ads came on and uh, I was like, whoa, what are they showing on TV? Should they be doing this? I mean, this seems wrong, right? And um, I remember because what had happened is stepping out, I'd become so desensitized or I'd become so sensitized to what I had become desensitized to. And I know for all of us that kind of happens. God warns us at times, says, don't go there. That's not going to be helpful. And then we get into it, it becomes normal, but it may be weighing us down and robbing us, and we don't even know it. So we want to, the, the good shepherd says, I, I want to protect you. So pay attention to where the Spirit is saying, move away from that or don't spend as much time there or this because that is not life-giving to you. You know, I think Lent's a great time that we can explore and say, God, is there anything I'm, I'm delving into that is drawing me away from you that you don't desire thoughts, actions, behaviors? And the good thing is this good shepherd, as he's protecting us, he, if we wander off, the good thing is Jesus doesn't say, go, good riddance, I'm glad you're gone. He goes and looks for us. He comes to find us. You know, you may have a loved one that you're concerned about. Jesus is just as concerned and more concerned. He's out there searching, calling for them. Jesus fights for us. And the last thing he says in this text is he says he wants the good shepherd comes to multiply the fold. He says, there are people that are in my kingdom or not in my kingdom that I desire. I'm, I have more people I'm bringing. I think Jesus' desire, if you look at scripture, God desires that all people would be saved and come to the knowledge of Christ. Everybody. So who's God placing around us that you so, man, I see that they just feel so outside and they're not, they don't feel welcome and they don't feel like God loves them and I want them to know the love of God. Jesus wants them to know how much they're loved too. And that he's reaching out to them and we're also paying attention. How God, are, who are those people around me that I might invite to be a port of your fold? So today, as, as we contemplate the text of I am, just I want you to hold with your, in yourself that image of Jesus as that gate that's welcoming us into his kingdom, and then he is leading us out into life as the good shepherd, leading us through our days, leading us throughout the moments to come, leading us out into the future to experience things beyond what we can imagine or think as we follow.